Welcome to the Transom Podcast, a monthly roundup of the new features on the transom.org website, providing mathematical puzzles, games, learning activities, and the ever-popular mathematics lesson starter of the day. Here's your host, John Tranter. As I sit here updating the Transom website, I have the radio on for a little bit of background noise. The presenter, Max Mallon, has just asked the following riddle. If I start at 5 and add 6, I get 11. But if I start at 6 and add 7, I get 1. What am I? Anyway, listeners were invited to send in a message to the studio with their answers, and guess what? I did. (laughs) Anyway, that's your puzzle for this podcast, and the answer will be at the end of the podcast. So get thinking. This month, March, contains Pi Day on the 14th of March, and I would like to start by directing you to some resources that will help make Pi Day memorable for your students. They are all linked from the 14th of March Starter of the Day page. The main fun activity is a memory competition in which pupils challenge each other to Remember as many digits of pi as possible. Further down that page, you will find links to other, more traditional pi activities, including areas and circumferences of circles. There are also some unexpected facts, some videos and jokes on that page. Now, some schools make a really big deal of Pi Day. Each year, their Pi Day will have a different theme. Recently, Craig Barton interviewed top Scottish maths teacher Chris Smith, who talked about his school's themes from previous years. Now, I've included an excerpt of the interview. I hope Craig doesn't mind. Here we go. Well, what have been some of your favourite Pi Day escapades over the years, Chris? <laughs> so, I mean, each, each year, like, we try and make it, make it memorable. And these things start off as, like, a, a spark of an idea, and I try and... I try and get things firmed up, and usually about December or January time. There's always there's always hiccups, there's always problems. I'm not never sure whether Pi Day is going to be uh, the culmination of all these ideas or whether it's going to be <laughs> a massive, massive failure. Uh, but thankfully, so far it's been all right. Uh, sometimes the the pun comes first. You know, we did a water based <laughs> one, so it was hydrotherapy this year. Um, we, we did use blow torches. I'm going to admit to doing that risk assessment in retrospect. <laughs> uh, but that was for pyrotechnics. Uh, we, we built pie scrapers, and oh, we've done we've done loads of things. I think my my favourite year though is still um, 2013, and we did we did two things that year. Uh, one was that we wrote the lyrics for and performed the Pie MCA. And <laughs> one of the things I love about this is that it was it was not my idea. Right, okay. I was willing to run with it, but this was uh, a boy, Joe, said, sir, you know, what about a math song? You know, instead of the YMCA, why don't we do the Pi MCA, the Pi Maths Class Anthem? Do you know what I mean? And that, I just thought that was, that was brilliant. And so we took that and we wrote a whole bunch of lyrics 
I brought the piano into the class. The kids said, "Right, we'll make up a we'll make up a wee dance routine for the chorus where we we, we pair up to to form the the, the letter pie." Well, since it's since we're doing a, a village people tribute, we should all wear fake moustaches. So <laughs> these guys were going for it big time, and so we we filmed this and uh, recorded it, and it was it was just brilliant. I still these guys have all like finished school. They they've left school. They're off to do a variety of things, and and I know how their their life have panned out, you know, some of them are off at university, some of them have had tough things to go through, um, but as I look at those pictures, I see a bunch of kids who were really enthusiastic, um, really, you know, singing their hearts out, shouting, shouting about um, pie, and it, that, that um, when it came to the Museum of Maths in, in New York, MoMath, they had a, a pie a pie song competition, and the Pie MCA was like the winner for that um, for their Jeez. age category. It's so, sort of like international um, music competition. So uh, amazing. Um, so I, I love the Pie MCA, and I still watch it, and I still appreciate uh, Kevin dancing up in the back left corner. He is amazing. He's uh, <laughs> a, a, a thing to thing to behold. Um, wow. But that you are listening to the Transom podcast. You can find Transom Mathematics at www.transom.org. Excellent. So please let me know what you end up doing on Pi Day. It would be really interested to collect some ideas together. Now, Transom has a finger in every pie, pun intended. You can follow Transom on Twitter. You can like the Transom Facebook page. You can listen, share and thumbs up. Uh, the podcast on Stitcher or on Apple Podcasts. So lots of places to go and find uh, uh, Transom on different platforms and to, uh, to give some support. That would be great. During February, the volume and the surface area activities were updated on the Transom website. There are now more questions grouped into more levels and additionally more exam style questions for the older students. Not all levels will be suitable for every student so you will need to click on the description tab to see the content of the levels and then direct your pupils to the appropriate level. Continuing the story of me listening to the radio as I work, last Sunday Elaine Page on BBC Radio 2 had a two-hour programme in which every song she played had a number in the title. My immediate reaction was, wow, this is a great idea for a transom activity, maybe. But then on further reflection, I decided that you had to be of a certain age to know the song she was playing. So I tossed the idea into the bin. But if you'd like to link to that, if you are of a certain age, perhaps, um, I've put the link as well as the link to everything else I mentioned in this podcast at transom.org slash newsletter. Now, after discussing the royal game of Ur, if you remember from last month's podcast, um, a transom activity got mentioned on the Frank Skinner Saturday morning show on Absolute Radio. If you haven't used the Remainder Race yet, which is the, the, the game that was based on the Royal Game of Ur, um, anyway, I highly recommend it. It is um, The moves are determined by calculating remainders. Um, so there's a bit of uh, numeracy in there, a lot of strategy, and it provides a fun numeracy practice in the last 20 minutes of your lesson. Anyway, 
just as before, I've re- I've borrowed this little um, excerpt from Frank's show when they're talking about the remainder race. Here we go. Funny thoughts on the royal game of Ur at the oh. British Museum. Oh yes, from Frank on the radio. Um, I've created basic a basic maths version of the game called oh. Remainder Race. You could play it with your son, Buzz. Looking forward to it. Yeah. A maths version. It's a maths version, which I'm going to provide you with later. Remainder race. Yes, remainder race. I'm guessing it's a decimal point thing, is it? Yeah. It's got dominoes and all sorts on it. I didn't think it was a Brexit thing, remainder race. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I think that's gone now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They've had that argument. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's lovely. Yeah. I love uh, a maths-based game. And we've had some. I don't, but I'll lose. They're giving us the rules, or are they not telling us? Well, I'll uh, I'll share them with you later. It looks good. It's a detailed um, rule analysis. There's all sorts going on. There's a link and everything. Wow, way. A 2018 paper suggesting that people who have a surname beginning with a letter towards the end of the alphabet are more likely to end up academically and professionally undistinguished. How did I know this? Yes, you guessed it, on the radio. Well, not strictly the radio, but a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish. Here we go. Okay, it's time for fact number two, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that a 2018 paper suggesting that people who have a surname which occurs towards the end of the alphabet are more likely to end up academically and professionally undistinguished was co-authored by Professor Jeffrey Zacks. (laughs) (laughs) I love co-author because he couldn't even individually author his own paper. (laughs) Well, he co-authored it with the guy whose name was Corley, beginning with C. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He was the brains Uh, behind it wasn't he guy. <laughs> well Jeffrey Zachs is quite cool actually he's a University of Boulder psychologist and I listened to an interview with him on um, a radio show called Top of the Mind and they asked him you know is the reason you're doing this because obviously you had a bad time of it because of your name and he said he was sensitized to the issue because of that but actually it doesn't affect him because according to their study it doesn't affect people who are distinguished in any other way so if you're kind of top of your class at school or bottom of your class or you look different or you're more attractive or less attractive it doesn't really affect you it only affects people who are right in the middle Uh, but they found that actually it does affect them it means it gives them um, less distinction at high school less satisfaction at high school and lower educational attainment after they've left school Mm. and until you're about middle-aged it affects you quite badly according to them what's the justification here is it just about reading out the register and so there are a few different reasons Um, it's so for instance infant school a lot of kids are put in alphabetical order so the kids beginning with a are near the front of the class Mm -hmm. which means they get more attention Mm -hmm. and people just tend to get asked more for things so um, for not school, for instance, um, if your name is towards the start of the alphabet, you're less likely to give money to charity. And that's because you get rung up more because your name is at the front of the alphabet yeah. and you get more annoyed by it. And oh. so you're less likely to give money. Really? Yeah. It's also like in um, when it's graduation and they're handing out diplomas. This is one of the things mentioned. Mm. You start A to Z. It's all really exciting at the top. And yeah. then by the time you get to Zuckerberg. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. And that's why he never made anything. Exactly. Himself, right? But when you get to the end, most people have left because they want to get the restaurants early. And oh. everyone who's applauding, their arms are tired and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's that's no terrible. Good. And I can understand if you're marking a big pile of exam papers and mm. Aaron J. Aronson makes a point and then Sammy... 
Zami makes a, the same point. You think, I read this in Aaron J. Aronson's article, and that was hours ago. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The market lower. So, and the teacher might say, okay, um, can someone read the uh, report? Um, Aaron J. Pancake Day is on the 5th of March this year. And, as you may have guessed, Transom has a virtual pancake tossing activity which lets pupils participate in a themed challenge while developing their mathematics. In fact, you could also demonstrate the rules using real pancakes, which the pupils could then eat at the end of the lesson with lashings of sugar and lemon juice. Or maybe not. Anyway, the link to the virtual activity can be found in the newsletter transom.org newsletter. Okay, so the answer to the puzzle of this month is a clock. Because if you start at 6am and add 7 hours, it will be 1pm. So the official answer is a clock. Did you get it? Well, that's all for this month. Enjoy your pancakes and pies. Bye. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Transom podcast. You can find the website at www.transom.org, where you're welcome to use all of the activities absolutely free. Or jump in with both feet and become a Transom subscriber.